If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. So I'm still playing Baldur's Gate and I paid a genie 500 gold pieces to do his rigged circus sideshow game. Okay. And then I caught him cheating and I argued with him. And he turned me into a wheel of cheese. <laughs> like, and, uh, permanently? No, it only lasts like seven rounds. It's a spell called Polymorph. And I was wondering what, if you had to be, because I could still, <laughs> I rolled around uh, to move and I could still jump. And the only ability I had was to make a stinky smell. <laughs> does, <laughs> d- does anyone react to the fact that you are cheese? No, not at all. No, it's so, Okay. I hadn't considered uh, that. <laughs> Zero out of ten. listener to this series two episode 27 i believe i keep not checking before we start recording of the electronic wireless show rock paper shotguns pc gaming podcast and the only podcast you need in my opinion which is that of alice bell and i'm joined this week by james archer hello james hello and you're the only host joining me this week because nate is on holiday and good luck to him (laughs) Um, see See what strange tales he brings back from deepest, darkest Devon. Uh, Ooh, I bet some good. Sure, we'll get up to something. Some good fish in Devon, I'm sure. Exactly, he'll find a crab and make friends with it or something, won't he? Then it'll be lovely. How are you, James? How have you been? I'm, I'm well. Uh, I had a very nice two-day trip up to Leeds last week, uh, which is the, f- the furthest north I've ever been in the UK. Uh, <laughs> it was. Primarily to visit the Royal Armouries Museum, which is all about weapons and armour throughout history, but I also went to and enjoyed the Leeds City Museum, uh, which amused me in a way, because the layout encourages you to start on the top floor and work your way down, and as you do, it becomes progressively less and less about Leeds. So it it starts with, here's how they moved coal across Yorkshire during the Industrial Revolution, and then by the time you get to the bottom floor, it's like... Here's a stuffed polar bear. <laughs> no, it's great. Was it a good polar bear? Uh, I mean, yes. It, it, I believe it was a, a real taxidermied polar bear. Oh. Um, I'm just look, looking back at my photos of it. Uh, it's, yeah, it definitely seems real. There's also uh, a, a little placard beneath it, uh, which says, I would really like to touch the po- the bear. <laughs> By Max, age seven. That's some good analysis, Max. I would also like to touch the polar bear. I learned a lot from that plaque. Um, Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. Uh, Good good variety on offer for a a relatively small museum, I feel. Um, Also, there's a a little bit where you could spell your name in ancient Greek, I think it was, using these big Scrabble tiles. Um, Wait, this museum runs the gamut. Yeah. It's only, got everything going on. Only I, I, I could not do this because there's apparently no Greek equivalent of the letter J. <laughs> so that was less amusing. So, what was it? Would you have to have a sort of I, like a? I don't know. Ames. Uh, Ames. A, 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 Ames sounds vaguely Greek, right? Ames. Like, like Aries. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. When there's no J, you got to make do with what you have. But yes, uh, I, I, I've been very well. Uh, how have you been? Good. 
I've been all right, you know. I've just mostly been playing Baldur's Gate. That's mainly what I've been doing. I've also mm. started reading a book this week because sometimes I just get there's a good um, secondhand book site uh, on Ireland, which I've mentioned before, called bookworld.ie, and you can get cheap secondhand books. And I bought one off there just on a whim because I was looking through the new crime section bit, and it's from the 17th. It's called The Zoot Suit Murders. <laughs> <laughs> Were they, were they performed by <laughs> someone in a zoot suit or were, were wearers of zoot suits targeted it, for murder? It's un, it's unclear. The zoot suit murders <laughs> combines a tautly arched narrative oof, that sounds painful, with fiercely visual prose and a starkly revisionist view of the American melting pot. So, uh, looking at it now sounds like it's going to be racist. Um, <laughs> it's set in the mean streets of Los Angeles and the mansions of the Hollywood Hills during the tumultuous days of World War II. Nathan Younger, an undercover agent, is investigating the brutal murder of two FBI men and the infiltration of Zoot Suit Gangs. (laughs) (laughs) Zoot Suit Gangs? Yeah. Are those a a thing? I don't know. When he crosses paths with Kathleen LaRue, a beautiful apostle of a bizarre religious cult. My god, this book has got everything. Oh my god. The- <laughs> I just found a wicked... The search for the killers leads these two improbable lovers along a dangerous trail of heroin pushers. <laughs> Movie stars and fanatical politicians. And I will send you the cover as well, James. Because uh, it's a very good pulp book cover. <laughs> Please do. I didn't... I- I've read the first chapter, which is very short, and it's just your man hanging out at at the the you know the diner or whatever when two FBI agents get shot. Okay, uh, and that's it so far. So I'm on page ten. <laughs> so I'll, I'll let you know how it yeah, goes. Yeah, please do. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm just trying to educate myself about about the zoot suits, and yeah, there were actually what was known as the zoot suit riots in 1943 in Los Angeles, California, in which American servicemen and white Angelinos attacked and stripped children, teenagers, and youths who wore zoot suits, ostensibly because they considered the outfits, which were made from large amounts of fabric, to be unpatriotic during World War II. Um, Those those pant legs are too wide. Probably is likely racist, I'm going to say. Great. I'll let you know. Uh, Probably... I didn't know what it was about. I just saw it was called The Zoot Suit Murders. And I was like, yes, because there's a great episode of uh, Peep Show where Sue Bans <laughs> is wearing a zoot suit. Um, and that is the only thing I know about zoot suits. But uh, I just love the title. So we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. Probably yeah, badly. <laughs> update, update next week. Yeah. And do you know what zoot suits are? James, they're quite old. (laughs) (laughs) You might even say they're retro. You might. (laughs) This week, we are talking about retro games, or more specifically, we're talking about comments about the the label retro uh, made by the Hideki Kamiya of... um, Bayonetta fame, the director and, you know, creator, I guess, of Bayonetta and, as Edwin puts it in this new story, celebrated shouty man, <laughs> Twitter shouty man. Um, and he is not a fan of the retro game label, as he told VGC in an interview. He uh, His comments, he said, I don't like the word retro game. James, I've sent you a longer quote which you could read out for the listener now. Yes, indeed. So, I'm obviously not a native English speaker, so it might be something I'm interpreting from a Japanese perspective, but hearing the word retro from a Japanese viewpoint suggests more of a fad brought back from a past era and reskinned for the current era. So I prefer the terms old games or classic games because they show more respect to those games of the past. I love games from all generations, and just because the game is retro doesn't mean it's retro, because it's the same game that existed years or decades ago, it still exists, and it's still playable, and it's still an experience that's very unique in its own right, so there's no need to refer to it as retro, because it still does have special memories and experiences that stay with you after all these years. 
Interesting comments, actually. And uh, side note, he did say that he's a fan of the Japanese in JRPG, which uh, some other developers are not so much. But um, what do you think about this? these thoughts about retro games, James Archer? So, Hardware man. Hmm. Uh, so to, I guess to an extent, I don't agree with Kami's uh, premise, which is that retro means to be bringing back a fad. Uh, the aesthetics and mechanics, I guess, of what we now think of as the various retro eras were, I mean, they weren't fads. They were not kind of only popular in passing. They were largely the best that the developers could do with the technology of the time. Mm. And in a lot of cases, they were actually quite radical and innovative. So even if they don't hold up to modern standards of complexity or visuals or anything like that, to me, modern retro games are almost always an affectionate tribute to those eras, not like a cynical rebranding, which I get the impression mm. is what um, Hideki Kamaya uh, Kamiya was suggesting. So what I do agree on um, is, I guess, his other point that retro may not be the best way to describe games that are old, but that you can still play today. Um, whether it's through emulators or maybe like an old arcade cabinet or something like that. Um, but yeah, I don't. I, I also don't know what a better word might be. <laughs> vintage. Uh, vintage. I think. Vintage, I think, has the same issue as classic, in that they mm. they both they both mean old, but they also mean, you know, good and r revered. And video to, games to are bad. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm not. The 80s and 90s probably did have bad games, just like 2023 does. Um, so yeah, maybe uh, maybe vintage and classic should be reserved for games that were. You know, beloved and culturally important, um, and and everything else is old, <laughs> just just old, old. bad, just old, <laughs> just old. <laughs> <laughs> it is an interesting one because, as Edwin, our new news editor, points out, um, there is a distinction between retro. In, in the sense of an old game and something that is retro-themed. Hmm. So that is deliberately, you know, making itself look like things were when they were old. And I did look up uh, the def because I was like, I wanted to know how old something has to be for it to class as, as retro. Uh, and one definition said, well, for something to be vintage, it needs to be between sort of twenty and thirty years, but not older than that. So sort of yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if like twenty to thirty years is the is like the hard limit because I when I when I personally think of what's popular at the moment, which are like PS One styled games, mm. um, which have that very distinctive like polygonal triangular um, kind of fuzzy PS One aesthetic. Yeah. Um, like, I, I don't think of those as retro games i they're definitely trying to like they're i know they're emulating um like an old mm. an older visual style but yeah like it, retro to me is like properly 8-bit like <laughs> 2d yeah like the so what's snet, like, what's the p sorry what's the ps1 vibe then is that so uh, you, what would you call that? We need a label. Uh, okay. Ah, um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think you could just maybe, maybe maybe this is the issue. Maybe we're maybe we're trying to impose like too broad an umbrella term. Um, well, well, we could say like PS One styled games, or we could say you know SNES style games. Yeah. Um, That's instead true. of like I... instead of just like relying on retro to cover what is ultimately going to be what is ultimately yeah going to be a, a shifting and expanding um i guess category of games because it's only going to get as, as as time goes on <laughs> more things will be considered retro and it will eventually get to the point where it just encompasses you know decades and decades of well that's of the thing extremely it's... distinct 
visual styles and yeah mechanical trends it moves so quickly as well but then i i don't know if stuff that's being made now is gonna because a lot of the stuff being made now in terms at least of big budget you know triple a kind of stuff the style is tending towards realism and that's not a Hmm. an interesting thing to kind of kind of recreate in the same way that it feels like a choice to make something look like a you know 8-bit or ps1 but the other thing is in looking this up i've discovered that maybe uh kamiya is correct and just all of video games uh or at least a substantial number of us are using the term retro kind of a bit wrong <laughs> um, so at least according to laurel crown uh handcrafted furniture uh the difference between antique vintage and retro um is at least in terms of furniture quite clear so an antique has to be at least at least or over 100 years old there's no official expert consensus for an item to be considered vintage, but many agree an item should be between 20 to 29 years old. An item regarded as retro is made recently, but designed or in the style of items from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and very early 2000s. Okay. So a retro thing is not actually an old thing. It is a new thing made that's, to look old. That's a good point. That so is... maybe that's that's what he means, because yeah, cause I, I guess, don't know. I guess, it, I guess <laughs> yeah. I mean, retro retroactive um, is l- looking at something backwards. So it would, yeah. Um, oh, am if, I completely if, if am I completely in... wrong? Do I owe, do I owe Hideki Kamiya an apology? Um, I think we're all wrong because we all at least. I think a, a lot of the English-speaking press use retro to just mean it's old. <laughs> it's old, yeah. Uh, rather than it is a new thing made to look old. If you're interested, uh, examples of popular retro items in furniture currently include bedazzling uh, Regency Core, quote, <laughs> thanks to a series called Bridgerton, sage green paint in homes, curved lines and rounded edges, colourful appliances, wood accents and textured tiles. <laughs> I can't get over Regency Core. <laughs> I think that just means twee shit. <laughs> it's like how Cottage Core is really in, uh, but I point out all the time that I have lived in a cottage in the country and it's rubbish. <laughs> but then I, I, don't, I still don't know if I have a problem with the word retro being applied to these like n- like recently made games because I, 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 I because I, I still don't think it's you know as I, I, don't, I don't think it has a negative connotations that um, like Kamiya says it does I don't think so either actually I, I would say, even if you're applying it as like something old as something new trying to be old I think it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. What what are some what's what's some what are some good retro starred games? Well, uh I've talked about it a lot, but the Tartarus Key is a kind of yeah. horror thriller puzzle game, a saw esque puzzle game that is low poly PS one retro style. Uh I think it's it's nice. Actually, talk about timely today as we record this we're recording on wednesday which is yesterday as you listen to it lucas pope has for the 10th anniversary of papers please put out it's called lcd please and it's like a a sort of version of papers please as if it was held on as it was on one of those um weird little handheld guys um and it's playable in browser. It's very good. That's retro. Yeah. Uh, oh, what's a what's a, what's that little hand cranked console thing that came out? A oh yeah. Oh, I should oh, I should know called? this. Uh, you should. This is your wheelhouse. This is my job. Oh god. 
Catherine had one. Um, <laughs> it's a little orange guy. It's got a really cute name. Um, Playdate, is that it? Yes, yes. Yeah. It's yellow, it fits in your pocket, there's a crank. Yeah, has a little hand crank. I wonder how much you have to dynamo it up before you can play something. Probably too much. Yeah, I'm very lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I've told you I started doing a couch to 5k and I hate it. Yeah? It's the worst. Uh, how, Every, uh, how, how far along are you? I am on. I can tell you now. Let me just... I'll open up. Hang on. Let me get my phone. I'll open up my thing. I am on week four. I did day two of week four today. Um, so I'm up to intervals of five okay. minutes of jogging in a row. And I hate it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and well. I'm, I'm not looking forward to the end of week five, day three, week five. So about a week away is when I'm just going to be jogging for 20 minutes in a row. I No offense to anyone who is a runner, but if you say that you genuinely like running, I don't believe you. <laughs> It, 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 it's, it's one of those things where you kind of like feel good about yourself for doing it. But I feel but, good that I've but, stopped running at brief, the end of the run. But yeah. briefly. And then it's just like, oh, wait, this isn't worth it. I'm in agony. <laughs> I only burn 200 calories. So I basically burn a Kit Kat. Two Kit Kats. <laughs> per run. That's not enough. <laughs> yep, yep. This is, this, is why, I eat. this is why I stopped going to the gym. Like, um, the, the running <laughs> machines told me how many calories I was burning. And then I was looking up, like, just how many calories you naturally burn doing nothing. And it's like, <laughs> I, like, this is hardly, there's no d meaningful difference here. <laughs> we should do some retro 80s jazzercise aerobics oh. stuff maybe that would be good <laughs> what are, okay what are some games that are, like what are some old games that you think are still good uh is a difficult one because a lot of games just tend games in general i think tend towards getting better yeah much as I, I complain I, about all of them yeah i i i i believe that the the best time for gaming is always the present because mm. things are thing certain things are always in, are improving but you but if you prefer older stuff then it's normally still available to play that's true yeah so you could that you could argue, you could argue about like i don't know attitude like attitudes towards i don't know game design being like ha having change in a way that you don't like or like the in, the like influence of business decisions becoming you know more prevalent or whatever but like if if you prefer old games like you still like just go play those um yeah i i, I don't i don't i don't think gaming in general is ever getting worse but um yeah i i you know i can always um i can always go for a replay of super mario 64 I actually Very nice. a few years ago I, I bought um, an N sixty four off eBay um, just because just because I fancied playing <laughs> playing some <laughs> oldish Mario. Uh, I like I to be honest a lot, a lot of what people really consider old old games existed before I was born or able to play games. Um, I'm just looking up what counts as vintage. If we say twenty years plus is vintage, uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Tony Hawk's Underground, The Simpsons Hit and Run. I mean, I, I like those. Yeah, those are great. I don't think of them as... Final Fantasy X-2. Oh, where you change those, clothes. Are those, are those retro? Well, no, they're not retro as we've established. Um, I like vintage. It, 20 years plus. They, they all came out in 2003. Okay, maybe then. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Chaos Bleeds. Oh, that's a terrible <laughs> game. So good. Loads of the, the first Call of Duty. Loads of stuff going on in 2000. Warcraft 3, The Frozen Throne. Oh, that's great. 
But I agree with you, James. I don't think retro is itself a kind of pe- has pejorative connotations to me. But then I have not made a video game, so yeah, me neither. Maybe we should shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> what about the J JRPG? Shut it down. <laughs> no, this is the final episode of the podcast. <laughs> let's move on to talk about what we've actually what games we have been playing this week vintage retro or otherwise (laughs) what have we been actually getting our mitts on james i will go second because my answer is extremely predictable james what have you been playing oh well i've had portal on the brain recently um after portal after portal 2 uh topped the rps 100 and i wrote a bit about it for the site so i've been playing that and also tried the uh rtx remaster of portal prelude which is a portal one mod that's been put through nvidia's rtx remix program to give it all ray tracing and dlss shiny gubbins i am i am i am preferring portal 2 if i'm honest i think that I think that while Portal Prelude is and always will be very technically impressive for a mod, the actual puzzles in it mm. are a bit fiddly. Not necessarily mentally, like very mentally taxing. It's very often a case of I can see what the solution is, but actually pulling it off requires a degree of yeah. like extremely precise WASD movement or like clutch portal aiming <laughs> that the that the official <laughs> portal games don't emphasize at all. Yeah. Um but it, 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 it looks nice with all the shiny stuff. And maybe it's also an unfair comparison because Portal 2 is just so fucking good. It is very good, isn't it? Yeah. Like I, I was thinking about because I also wrote something about it for the website. And I don't I don't know if I, st- I still like Portal a bit more. I don't know. But it's very good and Wheatley so good. And oh God, it is very good. Maybe it is the better one. I don't know. I think... <laughs> I, I this this is like a I guess a point of contention um, about which Portal is better. I still don't see really how Portal One is better, except for I guess the the creativity of it and just like I guess the niceness of a big games company taking this like weird risk. Mm. But that those are both you could argue that both of at least one of those, at least the latter one of those, is outside of the qualities of the game itself i think port yeah. portal 2 is just like a brilliant like a brilliant game in pretty much every regard like the i think it's funnier the port like the portals are more the, the puzzles sorry are more varied and interesting um i think the yeah the world is like the level design and the world design is more sophisticated Mm. i think it might just be nostalgia for me (laughs) for that retro game Uh, oh uh, that that retro vintage (laughs) vintage portal 2007 a vintage year it actually was loads of of good stuff came out 2007 yeah loads of good stuff i wonder when like the last great year was what like i suppose last year was pretty good (laughs) 2016 had some good stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Let us write in <laughs> <laughs> podcast at Rock Paper Shotgun. Let us know when the best year for, for the last yeah. great year for video games was. Give us give us more ideas for the RPS time capsule articles, which we've kind of stopped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of stopped doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, that's good. I I've got a partial tattoo. I can't remember if I told you. Oh no, I don't think so. What, what? I've got on the front of one of my thighs. I've got a companion cube with a blue rose and a red rose. I asked her to do an orange rose, and when I looked up, she'd done a red one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when I sat up, because it's supposed to be the color of the portals, but I still really like the tattoo. Oh. Um. Cute. Uh, yeah, it's cute. Yeah. Um. I have been playing Baldur's Gate 3 still. Um, my review will hopefully be done by the time you listen to this, uh, readers, but I've done many silly things mm. in it this week. Yeah, um, so uh, you, 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 you've posted a few 
like of the more <laughs> of the silliest stuff yeah. in in SAG. And every time it every time it does, it make, like it makes me want to play it, but also <laughs> also that I have to confront the fact that I have to do however many thousands of hours of very slow turn based combat to get there. But but yeah, but, I... but 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 it's, but it's good. You you like it. It's good. I do like it. It's very good. It's very good. I the I think the one that most piqued your interest is that in Act Three there is a sort of murder mystery and the detective who's bungling it is a hollyphant, which is a kind of holy flying tiny elephant with golden wings and golden mm. skin, and this one is wearing like a monocle and has a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> I posted a picture of it, um, but. Uh, yeah, you asked how long it took to get to that point. I'm about f- I was like 50 hours in when I met the elephant. So. <laughs> I think the most whimsical stuff happens when you get to Baldur's Gate, maybe. Okay. But that is the final act of the game. <laughs> <laughs> but there's stuff like there's a newspaper um, called like the Baldur's Daily or whatever. And it prints like a horrible story about you. So now everyone thinks I'm riffraff because I didn't stop them printing it. Because there are some sort of time linked things where if you don't, because when you do a long rest, you end the day. Okay. And I didn't stop the paper going to print before the end of that day. So the next day, everyone was like, oh, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Another one to talk to me. Oh. Um, I know, yeah, it's good. And I, but I've, because I've, you know, I'm in the final act now. I'm seeing the fruits of things that I did in the first game, in the first act even, and second act. Oh, that's cool. Come back to sort of help because, because like there's one bit in the first act, I will abbreviate this very quickly, but you um, need to either kill or save this uh, dark elf who's trapped in a cave-in with some gnomes and there's a load of poison gas filling up the cave and you can free them and then uh, the you know decide what to do with the gnomes and decide whether you want to fight the elf once he's out, or you can just leave them for like two sleeps and <laughs> and then they'll all choke to death. And I and it took me ages. And I went around like secretly killing all the guards around in the compound outside, and then like you know killed them all separately so I wouldn't have to fight them all at once. And I did that, and then I saved them so I could kill the elf, but save the gnomes. And a friend of mine who's been playing it did not save the gnomes. He took the easy way out. But that meant the extra effort I put in has given me a kind of big helping hand in the final act. Now I'm in Baldur's Gate, because the gnomes are helping me out with something. Ah. So it does pay off in big and small ways. Okay. Uh, you will see the fruits of your your labor. If you if you want to speed run that quest, you, you what just set up camp outside the cave entrance and just yeah, I guess, and just yeah. sleep <laughs> there for just sleep there for two straight days. While I, I try try not can, try not to be stirred by the sounds of choking gnomes. Yeah, like any time you're not in a fight or in like a hostile area that you shouldn't be in, you can go to your camp. And it will just, it's very kind of cute. It will be an area near where you are. So it will be, if you're in the Underdark, in the sort of dark cave, glowy mushroom area, hmm. it will be in a bit of the Underdark with, you know, some mush, the, you know, glowy mushrooms and stuff around. And, you know, that'll be your home camp. Uh, in Baldur's Gate, you can pay 200 gold to an innkeeper and you just get the whole top floor of his inn for a whole, you know, the whole nice. time you're in Baldur's Gate. So that's where your camp is, you know. It's very cute. Oh, so cool. I like the camping as well. Yeah, nice. How's um, yeah. how, how's your dating life going? Oh, uh, re- like, <laughs> it is a really horny game. I wrote, but in like a really nerd way as well. Like I don't want to create the impression that I'm like rubbing my thighs and I'm genuinely turned on. I The game itself is horny um, <laughs> in in a nerd game way. And I have chosen to romance Gail, who is the wizard, and I've always romanced whoever sounds like the the most oversexed and kind of smug public schoolboy. Uh, <laughs> and I always regret it. He's actually quite sweet, but he is a massive nerd. So, like, you can optionally, your sex scene with him is is like a sort of 
weird tantric hologram in a prog rock <laughs> void scape. Um, <laughs> whereas other characters are just more like, like Lazar will start being like, I love the way your sm- sweat smells after you slaughtered all those goblins and stuff. <laughs> There is, it can be quite alarming because it basically, after you deal with the goblins, however you deal with them in the first act, you have a party at your camp. And that is sort of when everyone hits on you at once, or at least says they're interested in you in ways that are more or less intense. And I think because it all happens at once, people are like, whoa! (laughs) (laughs) Um, But as the game goes on, more characters hit on you as well. More people join your party who might also hit on you. Some people who aren't even in your party will... (laughs) well and you i got sort of i experienced one as like a jump scare because i thought i'd just been because i didn't like i didn't think that this person would hit on me i thought that that was not a thing that would happen with this character and i'm not going to say who it is because spoilers but uh i had just been sort of nice to them and they turn up in a few cutscenes. so i like a cutscene initiated and like out of nowhere, this character was just topless, and I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> Not you too. I just went. I was like, ah, "What's happening?" <laughs> By that right, I did uh, say I saved, and then like said yes to see what would happen, and it was very funny. I think it was intended to be funny as well. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the thing as well. But it, it's a very fun game. It's very complicated in terms of the combat is very big but it's intentional yeah and yeah. and all the little story beats and things you could find you like i think all i try to think of it, but almost all of them lead back into you the main story or your your companions in the end so there's no just random villager who's just like can you save my goats and then you, you never see them again. You just oh. get 12 XP for saving the goats, you know. Yeah. It's all very intentional, so it's good. Okay, cool, cool. Okay. Yeah, I've only, I've only, played, not... I've only played Baldur's Gate once um, since the last podcast recording. Mm. Um, and that was, mainly, that was mainly to test stuff. But um, yeah, I, I, I think I'm, I'm probably not going to play more of it. But I'm, it's one of those games where I, I'm not into it, but I'm, I'm happy it exists. And I'm I'm happy. Yeah, no, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy people are enjoying it because yeah, there's nothing mm. there's nothing outright wrong with it. It's just not my thing. I think it is one of those things where you had because like, people will be saying this is really really good, and it is really good if you enjoy the sort of game it is. I I think you have to be yeah, self aware yeah. and not spaff you know fifty quid on something that ultimately you might not enjoy. Yeah, which is kind of how I felt about um, Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't into Elden Ring. But yeah, I I think if I if I had more free time, by which I mean if I didn't have a job, <laughs> um, I yeah. I probably more I probably be more inclined to, yeah, pump 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 the hours into it just to get to the the really fun bits. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. That, that 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 stuff like that can absolutely trigger my desire to play a game. Um, I, I, I saw I saw a YouTube thumbnail last night of um, uh, a Team Fortress Two map I really like, and I was instantly just like, "I want to play some Team Fortress 2. <laughs> very very simple, very simple brain who likes good maps and detective owls. <laughs> well, speaking of your simple brain. Let's 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 do a good a good word a good day to wear hard. What's going on in hardware at the moment, James? <laughs> so uh, two pieces of Steam Deck news on this goodest of days. The first is that bal- all the Baldur's Gate free compatibilities slash crashing issues I was having last week and indeed yes. moaned about on this podcast are all now fixed. You can now Hooray! you can you can just boot it up and it runs without having to do any kind of compatibility proton forcing tool sorcery uh so that's good um that is good yeah also valve have begun selling refurbished steam decks for a lot lot less than what a new steam deck might cost you these are when we say a lot lot less like how much a lot lot less i don't know like 20 i think it varies slightly but they're around the 20 percent mark 
discounts. Ooh. Um, which is less than less than what they were going for new during the Steam summer sale. Uh, so yeah, these are presumably returned slash RMA'd Steam decks that Valve themselves have patched up back into working order. Mm. And they still come with like the standard one year warranty and a case and a destruction booklet. So yeah, if you want a Steam Deck but missed the couple of sales they've had, this could be a good opportunity to get one on the cheap. <laughs> I love that you said presumably Valve themselves has have, have patched up as if there's like some fucking guy from Brooklyn being Hey! Hey, I I I I patched up your uh, your Steam decks. I can do it. I, they fell off the back of a lorry. <laughs> well, no, I so like they've if you buy, outsourced it. Well, actually, if you, like... if you buy if you buy them from Valve, they are refurbished by Valve. But um, according to the announcement tweet, uh, people in the US can also buy refurbished ones at GameStop now. But well, there you go. But those are refurbished by GameStop, and have a different warranty. So yeah, if if you if you want one, if, who who do you who do you trust more to fix a Steam Deck, Valve or GameStop? It's like when you uh, buy something from CEX, you're basically taking your life into your hands. Oh well, well, this is what I was going to ask you. Um, have you ever bought refurbished tech, Alice? Do you trust it? I, I do, yeah, and I have, yeah, yeah. It's generally, but I I sort of like how I prefer buying branded paracetamol, even though it, there's no real difference. <laughs> I do uh, prefer to buy refurbished tech from the the original producers of said tech. Okay. Rather than, uh, yeah, a GameStop or or a CEX. Yeah. I I, I bought a um I, I bought an RTX twenty eighty Ti from CEX for testing, and it's it seems to work fine. Um, yeah. actually, actually, I have a, I have a few refurbished bits. So um the 4K monitor, which I use for pretty much all of my hardware testing, uh, that's a refurb. Um, the the that RTX card is primarily used for CPU testing. That's a refurb. Uh, actually, a few years ago, I bought a pair of refurbished AirPods, which were in yeah. which were in very good condition. Although I did I did ultimately have too much of a hang up about how they had previously been in someone else's ear holes. Oh uh, yeah. So yeah, even though they came to me like clean with like new ear tips, yeah, I just kind of um, I forgot those after a while. Yeah, yeah, I will. I like, I'm generally okay with stuff like that. Like I, I buy quite a bit of secondhand clothes, and I buy quite a lot of secondhand shoes. Okay, which some people would maybe feel is a, a devil may care because <laughs> <laughs> you never know where someone else's feet have been or how many verrucas they had. Oh. But um. <laughs> But ears, yeah, it'd be the same. How much wax was in them earpods, oh. you know? Ugh. You never know. You never you know. You never know. You never bloody know. Um, well, that's good. I'm glad because the Steam Deck is a good bit of kit. It is so a good I'm... bit of kit, yeah. And it's it was already like I don't I don't think it's I don't think you'd say the Steam Deck is expensive. Well, the absolute top spec one is about five hundred. I think it's five hundred seventy, yeah. five hundred sixty, and that's. Yeah, that's a that's a whole PC right there. That'll that'll play that'll play your Baldur's Gates yeah. and your Diablo fours. It's enough, isn't it's it? A, yeah. I don't know though. If I, how have you found? I suppose you haven't played loads of it, but I would have thought like Baldur's Gate would be a bit fiddly for. Actually, I, I I quite like the um the like the radial menus, um that you get when you're playing either on a controller or on a Steam Deck, which is yeah, they're weird. Its own control. No, I like it. I like it. Um. Do you? Yeah, it's because it, I've I tried playing it on controller and I was a bit like, Ugh. yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it it feels it feels less business like than just having everything on a big grid. It's more whimsical. <laughs> yeah, and um, and you and you can actually like you 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 push you push your guy around with the left stick rather than clicking somewhere on the ground and waiting for them to walk there. Which I would have really liked when I was doing my testing, so I'm fairly sure that doing the clicking thing gave me mild RSI. Yeah, I, but. in fairness, that is the I would say the main improvement with the playing with the controller because when you're clicking around to move, there are quite a few bits in the game. This isn't a huge thing, 
But it is a thing where sometimes the camera doesn't sort of cut away bridges or different levels and stuff that are on top of you. Oh, yeah. And you, and you, you like click, click it and they kind of like <laughs> yeah. get confused. <laughs> yeah. And the little characters sort of start freaking out and they start running backwards and you have to go, no, it's really bad if it happens in the middle of a battle. But there is a tactical view. You can hit O and then the camera will kind of top down, properly top down instead of isometric. Just make it a little bit easier if there are a lot of baddies around you. Anyway, mm. uh, thank you very much, James. Is there a beans metaphor for re- what's a refurbished bean? <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> I guess uh, in in a in a time where cutlery shops are yet to exist, um, all yeah. all be- all bean cans come with like a little a little spoon, like rubber band rubber banded onto the sides and you can get sure. a, you can get a cheap you can get a cheaper tin of beans if you don't mind having a spoon that's been in someone else's mouth <laughs> but the spoon has been washed yeah maybe even polished but yeah you will always you will always know it has been in someone's mouth 20 percent off <laughs> Thank you very much, James. There is no Tower of Jocularity this week because Nate is away. And uh, I, you know, hope is having a lovely time in Devon. I used to uh, live in Devon. It's very nice. There you go. Um, Yeah, well, Exeter, which sort of isn't the same as living in a lovely seaside cottage. Exeter's nice. It's very good. It is nice. It's good. Um, so we'll see you next week, Nate. And uh, for now, all that's left is for me and James to do some recommendations because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. This week, I am going to recommend the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, it's called Mutant Mayhem. It's genuinely amazing. Really, it's really good. Yes, yeah, brilliant. It's really, really good. They are actual teenagers in it. And they right. act like teenagers, and it's this, it's sort of them. They they're not crime fighters yet. They become crime fighters over the course of the film, and because their plan is to stop a criminal, and then everyone will like them, and they can go to high school. Um, <laughs> and okay, <laughs> yeah, and so they're actual teenagers, and they're very teenagery. And April is a teenager, and they have, you know, kind of teen awkwardness. The references in it are really good in that... Um, oh, who's the nerd one? Um, Leo is the leader. Raph is the kind of tank. Michelangelo? Uh, I want to say Michelangelo, maybe. There's Anyway, there's, there's a tech turtle, and he's into, like, BTS and, like, anime and stuff, which feels like the kind of stuff that an online teen would be into now, do you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, which is is really it's just good. It's really good. The style, the animation style is amazing. I, is I it, it is it a really bit cool. is it like um the Spider-Verse style? No, it it's like it's it's different. It sort of reminds me of like a cool adult swim cartoon from before everything looked like um family guy so it's sort okay. of ren and stimpy vibes almost like it's a bit scribbly and oh, imperfect cool. and and weird and it's very cool it's got a really cool cast the teenage new, mutant ninja teenage mutant ninja turtles themselves are voiced by teenagers teen actors so that's very good it's authentic. just great it's authentic it's really funny it's Great, it's really okay, good. Cool, completely Brilliant. recommend it. That's my recommendation. James, Thanks. what are you recommending this week? So I have another uh, boozy recommendation this week, which is Heyman's Gin. So Ooh. when I was in when I was in Leeds, uh, we went to a, we went to a very nice pub, and we were ambushed by a man working <laughs> for Heyman's Gin um, <laughs> because they're, they're, it's the end of your table. They would. <laughs> He came down from the ceiling, um, and he they, they were do they just happened to be doing some kind of like promotion 
thing with this pub where they had like a few select like a few special cocktails using this gin yada 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 um but the because we'd ordered <laughs> because we'd ordered a bunch of them uh i think the guy came over to our table with a load of like little tasting cups of their various oh. gins uh so he had like we there's just like one there's one london dry gin which was excellent um had like went down like water uh they had a slow gin which was also very good uh very smooth and there was some like a peach gin which was a bit too sweet for me but also, also quite good um so yeah okay. i uh i believe i don't know how widely available it would be if you went to a pub or something but you can buy it online easily enough um i i recommend just the box the absolute bog standard london dry which is i think called old tom Heyman's old tom very good and yeah really good um also it, it turns out i'm not immune to propaganda at least as it pertains to, <laughs> as it pertains to gin uh but it is a very it is a very very nice gin so there that's good. I mean, I hate gin, but uh, <laughs> hope, hopefully, other, I know. I just it just tastes like medicine to me. Just not a fan like nail varnish remover. Sorry, I'm ruining gin for everyone. That's no, a no, lovely no. recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> Drink all the gin you want. <laughs> I, I will. There you go. Well, thank you very much for that recommendation, James, and thank you, listener, for joining us for this season two, episode twenty-seven of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast, Rock Paper Shotguns PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need. I have mentioned earlier in the podcast, but you can email us at podcast at rockpapershotgun.com with questions, suggestions, and feedback. You can find Rock Paper Shotgun on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, I think that's all the things by searching Rock Paper Shotgun but for all of your PC gaming needs just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com and we will see you next week when Nate will make his triumphant return to talk about eels probably (laughs) (laughs) but now it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from James goodbye bye everyone bye (laughs) bye